Part 4, Chapter 5 of Home Education Series, Volume 1, Home Education. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Home Education Series, Volume 1, Home Education by Charlotte Mason. Part 4, Chapter 5, The Habit of Remembering. Read by Boat Harbor, Houston, Texas. Remembering and Recollecting Memory is the storehouse of whatever knowledge we possess, and it is upon the fact of the stores lodged in the memory that we take rank as intelligent beings. The children learn in order that they may remember. Much of what we have learned and experienced in childhood and later we cannot reproduce, and yet it has formed the groundwork of after-knowledge. Later notions and opinions have grown out of what we once learned and knew. That is our sunk capital, of which we enjoy the interest, though we are unable to realize. Again, much that we have learned and experienced is not only retained in the storehouse of memory, but is our available capital we can reproduce. Recollect upon demand. This memory, which may be drawn upon by the act of recollection, is our most valuable endowment. Asperious Memory there is a third kind of spurious memory facts and ideas floating in the brain which yet make no part of it and are exuded at a single effort as when a barrister produces all his knowledge of a case in his brief and then forgets all about it or when the schoolboy crams for an examination writes down what he has thus learned and behold it is gone from his gaze forever as ruskin puts it they cram to pass and not to know they do pass and they don't know that the barrister the physician should be able thus to dismiss the case on which he has ceased to be occupied the publisher the book he has rejected is well for him and this art of forgetting is not without its uses but what of the schoolboy who has little left after a year's work but his place in a class list memory a record in the brain substance to say anything adequate on the subject of memory is impossible here, but let us try to answer two or three queries which present themselves on the surface. How do we come to remember at all? How do we gain the power to utilize remembered facts, that is, to recollect? And under what conditions is knowledge acquired that neither goes to the growth of the brain and mind, nor is available on demand, but is lightly lodged in the brain for some short period, and is then evacuated at a single throw? We are interested in a wonderful invention, an instrument which records spoken words, and will deliver, say a century hence, speech or lecture in the very words and in the very tones of the speaker such an instrument is that function of the brain called memory whereby the impressions received by the brain are recorded mechanically at least such is the theory pretty generally received now by physiologists that is the mind takes cognizance of certain facts and the nerve substance of the brain records that cognizance made under what conditions now the questions arise under what conditions is such an imprint of fact or event made upon the substance of the brain is the record permanent and is the brain capable of receiving an indefinite number of such impressions 
it appears both from common experience and from an infinite number of examples quoted by psychologists that any object or idea which is regarded with attention makes the sort of impression on the brain which is said to fix it in the memory in other words give an instant's undivided attention to anything whatsoever and that thing will be remembered in describing this effect the common expression is accurate beyond its intention we say such and such a sight or sound or sensation made a strong impression on me and that is precisely what has happened arrest the attention upon any fact or incident and that fact or incident is remembered it is impressed imprinted upon the brain substance the inference is plain you want the child to remember then secure his whole attention the fixed gaze of his mind as it were upon the fact to be remembered then he will have it by a sort of photographic process that fact or idea is taken by his brain and when he is an old man perhaps the memory of it will flash across him recollection and the law of association but it is not enough to have a recollection flash across one incidentally we want to have the power of recalling at will and for this something more is necessary than an occasional act of attention producing a solitary impression supposing for instance that by good teaching you secure the child's attention to the verb avoir he will remember it that is to say some infinitely slight growth of brain tissue will record and retain that one french verb but one verb is nothing you want the child to learn french and for this you must not only fix his attention upon each new lesson but each must be so linked into the last that it is impossible for him to recall one without the other following in its train the physical effect of such a method appears to be that each new growth of brain tissue is so to speak laid upon the last that is to put it figuratively a certain tract of the brain may be conceived of as being overlaid with french this is to make a practical use of that law of association of ideas of which one would not willingly become the sport and it is the neglect of this law which invalidates much good teaching the teacher is content to produce a solitary impression which is only recalled as it is acted upon by a chance suggestion whereas he should forge the links of a chain to draw his bucket out of the well probably the reader may have heard or heard of a dr pick who grounded a really philosophical system of mnemonics on these two principles of attention and association whatever we may think of his application of it the principle he asserted is the right one every lesson must recall the last let every lesson gain the child's entire attention and let each new lesson be so interlaced with the last that the one must recall the other that again recalls the one before it and so on to the beginning no limit to the recording power of the brain but the lightly come lightly go of a mere verbal memory follows no such rules the child gets his exercise by heart says it off like a parrot and behold it is gone there is no record of it upon the brain at all 
to secure such a record there must be time time for that full gaze of the mind we call attention and for the growth of the brain tissue to the new idea given these conditions there appears to be no limit of quantity to the recording power of the brain except in this way a girl learns french and speaks it fairly well by the time she is a grandmother she has forgotten it entirely has not a word left when this is the case her french has been disused she has not been in the habit of reading hearing or speaking french from youth to age whereby it is evident that to secure right-of-way to that record of french imprinted on her brain the path should have been kept open by frequent goings and comings but links of association a condition of recollection to acquire any knowledge or power whatsoever and then to leave it to grow rusty in a neglected corner of the brain is practically useless where there is no chain of association to draw the bucket out of the well it is all the same as if there were no water there as to how to form these links every subject will suggest a suitable method the child has a lesson about switzerland to-day and one about holland to-morrow and the one is linked to the other by the very fact that the two countries have hardly anything in common what the one has the other has not again the association will be of similarity and not of contrast in our own experience we find that colors places sounds odors recall persons or events but links of this sensuous order can hardly be employed in education the link between any two things must be found in the nature of the things associated. End of part four, chapter five.